When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the 49er Access Podcast. My name is Sterling Bennett, and today we are going to preview the San Francisco 49ers Week 4 opponent, the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals come in 1-2. and two. The San Francisco 49ers come in 3-0 and oh on the year, being one of three remaining undefeated teams, the Miami Dolphins and the Philadelphia Eagles being the other two, and... This game on Sunday at Levi Stadium being the second of a three-game homestand. The first one, win against the Giants in the home opener for this year. The final one is next week, I believe on Sunday night football against the Dallas Cowboys, which, ironically enough, is the team that just lost to the Arizona Cardinals this past week. Week number three, um, Street Niner fans are riding high off the loss, watching Dallas blow that game against the Cardinals, watching the Cardinals honestly surprise folks and surprise myself through three weeks this uh, so far this year. Um, this is going to be a great game, a fun game. San Francisco's second divisional opponent. First one beat the Rams down there in Levi South SoFi Stadium. This one being their first at Levi Stadium. So without further ado, let's dive into this game on Sunday. How can San Francisco win? How or how they should win? And what could cause them some problems? Hint, hint, hint. There's not going to be many of those. Um, I do want to give the Cardinals credit, though. They have a brand new head coach. Do not have their starting quarterback in Kyler Murray. Don't have their best defensive player in Buda Baker, yet still able to squeak out a win against the Dallas Cowboys. And by all intents and purposes, had the Giants dead to rights, but blew a massive, what, 20-0 lead in the second half, getting up 31 points. So... This Cardinals team, they're feisty, they're young, uh, they're not that good, <laughs> but they are going to stick around. They are going to, you know, go with you, not blow for blow, but they'll give you a few jabs here or there. Uh, might surprise with the uppercut, but never going to give you the true KO uh, on Sunday. But Jonathan Gannon, uh, he is the Arizona Cardinals head coach. We know him very well, being the Philadelphia Eagles defensive coordinator last year. Um, Eagles lost two coordinators, Shane Steichen, now the Colts head coach, and Jonathan Gannon, now the Arizona Cardinals head coach. I'm sure you have seen the cringe videos of him wanting to meet Kyler Murray and him being like, hey everybody, my name is Jonathan. <laughs> um, he is, in videos, and having not met him, he is very cringe. He is like, how do you buy into what he has to say, but... To his credit, to his coaching staff's credit, these young Cardinals players, this team that I think everybody had finishing the worst team in the NFL or up there with the worst teams in football, he has them fighting every game, has them, 
you know, has him playing with leads uh, in many of the games so far. And right now, the Cardinals, albeit one and two on the year, they are not going to come into Levi Stadium and just roll over. They are going to fight. They are going to tuck there. They're going to roll. They're going to do whatever they can to make sure they at least get their money's worth against San Francisco uh, at Levi Stadium. At 125 is the start on Sunday. So let's start with the Cardinals offense and how San Francisco's defense can limit them, can stop them, and hopefully get some takeaways, which might be hard to come by in this game. Uh, first, the Cardinals offense is surprisingly scoring 24 points a game. Um which is weird enough to say that they really don't have any stars. It's a bunch of veteran guys or unproven guys, and they're led by offensive coordinator Drew Pensing. Uh, Pensing, really unproven. It's his first year calling plays in the NFL, so uh, we're not really sure what to, we're going to see from him. We have a three-game sample size, and it's been pretty creative so far how they've got guys like Rondell Moore involved in the backfield instead of being a receiver. That's stuff that Cliff Kingsbury wasn't doing, hence why he got fired. But Pensing has you know, made it adamant he wants to get his stars, his playmakers, if you can call them that, the ball. And his biggest playmaker might be James Conner. They want to get guys like James Conner, Rondell Moore, the ball early, quick into plays, and allow them to do the heavy lifting in the offense and take pressure off quarterback Josh Dobbs. Yes, Josh Dobbs, a guy who began his career in Pittsburgh, backing up Big Ben, uh, even played a game, I think, for the Titans last year, maybe even in the playoffs or, or late in the season to get to the playoffs. I believe it was the week, like 18, week 17 game against Jacksonville where winner takes all, whoever wins that game goes to or wins the AFC South. I was in Washington uh, watching that game in a hotel room uh, trying to stay awake because I was like, I could not not watch uh, near playoff football in the midst of, you know, black ice and snowstorms up there in Washington. Back in the Bay for this game, Josh Dobbs, the quarterback for the Cardinals. And look, Josh Dobbs is not going to beat you with his arm. Um, he's really not... To just put it bluntly, Josh Dobbs is not someone you'd put even in the top 32 of quarterbacks in the NFL, but kind of like Shanahan's scheme, he's going to be asked to attack the middle of the field and feed his playmakers early, uh, get in the ball in the backfield like Rondell Moore, James Conner, let them do the heavy lifting. And so far this year, Josh Dobbs has played pretty well. 183 yards per game, uh, does have two touchdowns. So again, he's he's not going to be the reason you win these games. But so far in, in three outings, he's not going to be the reason the Cardinals lose these games. Um, he has no turnovers this year. He has fumbled once. It was recovered by his own team. He has thrown no picks this season, so Josh Dobbs, despite being a name many of you have no idea who that is, despite many people saying, who the heck is Josh Dobbs? Um, he is someone who is at least going to keep the Cardinals within reach for a, I don't know, for three quarters, at least one half. Um, he's not going to you know, annihilate San Francisco's defense, but also he's not going to play dumb, erratic, and and just really give the game away and hand it over to San Francisco early. Uh, one thing I like about Josh Dobbs and one thing that San Francisco uh, has looked really good at 
limiting so far is a mobile quarterback. No, Josh Dobbs is not Daniel Jones or Lamar Jackson, but he's pretty savvy when it comes to extending plays with his legs. Six of his 12 scrambles this year have gone for first down, so 50% of his scrambles have extended drives for the Cardinals. And while, yes, you can point to that and saying, you know, got to watch out to give uh, the Niners defense some uh, some credit here. Daniel Jones had, what, five total rushing yards <laughs> last week. So um, it's not like Josh Dobbs is going to be running all over the field. Nothing physically he does is going to make a true difference in this game. Um, I could even argue that I know many fans have the memory of Cole McCoy coming in here in 2021, I believe, and giving it to James Conner and DeAndre Hopkins and a rather poor Cardinals team and somehow shocking, at that point, a Niners team fighting for a playoff spot and almost you know dooming and damning our season Josh Dobbs is worse than Cole McCoy, which is weird to say, uh, but Josh Dobbs still playing well. Uh, one thing to mention, though, is that his his running ability has caught the eye of Nick Bosa and Tayshawn Gibson, and his lack of ability or lack of desire to slide with the football in his hands. So if you're a mobile quarterback or a quarterback who is willing to scramble out of the pocket and make plays like Josh Dobbs is... You like to avoid hits. You like to not be RG3. You like to not be a sitting duck out there seeing a 230-pound, 250-pound linebacker running at you full speed with their head down looking to kill, with their eyes being red wanting to cause some pain. Josh Dobbs does not like to slide. And in fact, Nick Bosa and Deshaun Gibson were quoted as saying every quarterback is a running back until they see Dre Greenlaw and... Fred Warner out there. Uh, so <laughs> Josh Dobbs, for your health and safety, um, your health and safety protocol for this game on Sunday is to slide if you get yourself in space. But while I'm not trying to hurt anybody and never going to call for that, if Josh Dobbs is not going to slide, Dre Greenlaw, Fred Warner, Hufanga, lay some wood. If a quarterback is not going to learn how to slide, again, not saying hurt anybody. I want Josh Dobbs to be healthy for the entire season. I want him to, while not be injured, get a little bump, get a little bruise, make him not want to leave that pocket. Uh, and if you see Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw, two of the best in the business when it comes to limiting mobile quarterbacks out there running full speed at you, I would like to think Josh Dobbs might say, I'm going to slide now. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get down uh, and hopefully protect my body. So Josh Dobbs, again, he's not going to beat you with his arm. He's not going to beat you with his legs. Again, he's not an elite level running quarterback. He's a quarterback that's savvy enough. He's played, what, six years in the NFL at this point. He's learned under Big Ben and, and Ryan Tannehill. Like, he has experience behind quarterbacks who've been very successful in the NFL. He's learned from them, and I think this Sunday we're going to see some of that. Now, again, he's not going to throw 50-yard touchdown passes, but you have to understand that he can keep drives alive. He's kept the card. He he beat the Dallas Cowboys' number one ranked defense in football coming into week three. Um, he wasn't the driving force behind that, but he did keep them in that game. Josh Dobbs, for as 
weird as it is to say, cannot be taken lightly. I don't think San Francisco is doing so. But if there is a way to beat Josh Dobbs, it is having players like Fred Warner, Andre Greenlaw, and even Hufanga being able to clog the middle of the field. Fred Warner, I said it plenty of times here, since being drafted is the best coverage linebacker over the middle of the field. Josh Dobbs' strength, the way they want to scheme plays for him uh, over the middle is going to likely be taken away in this game. Now, I don't want to see Steve Wilkes play soft zone. I want to see him attack the Cardinals offense. Make them beat you over the top. If Josh Dobbs is going to want to take a home run pass and take a big swing, let him. Let him beat you early. That's fine. You can beat early, then you can stay honest. But force Josh Dobbs to beat you over the top. He's not done it so far this year. He's not a player that's going to beat you over the top really ever. Um, he has a fine arm, but in reality, the Cardinals have basically told him, play in the system, give it to your guys early, let them do the work. If you want to beat Josh Dobbs, you got to have players like Fred Warner and Greg Greenlaw and Hufunga that say, hey, look, you are not going to beat this underneath or in the intermediate routes, and I think it's really going to help San Francisco win this game on Sunday. But we cannot forget the true star, true, I don't know, elite player for the Cardinals, I guess you can say, their star, James Conner. Uh, again, we know James Conner very well here in San Francisco in the Bay Area. He was a part of the win when Cole McCoy led the Cardinals to a victory against San Francisco, and it felt like that we couldn't tackle for you-know-what. Um, it felt like San Francisco was missing plays left and right. They couldn't bring this guy down, and so far this year, the NFL as a whole, being the commanders, a pretty good defense, the Giants, a, well, supposed to be good defense, <laughs> and the Cowboys, a really stout defense that by the end of the year could rank number one, are having a hard time tackling James Conner. Uh, right now, uh, going back to the point of getting the ball to their stars, their weapons in space, James Conner is in an offense that, yes, wants to feed him a lot, but the Cardinals rank number one in yards before contact at 3.68, basically 3.7 yards per an attempt. Um, James Conner despite, I would not say, a top 10 running back. Uh, you could even argue overpaid uh, with what he's getting in Arizona, but they want to feed him, and they're going to give him ample opportunity to beat you. Um, this is a very James Conner-led offense. It's not a quarterback-led offense. It is James Conner. You are 1A, you are 1B, and you are 1C when it comes to what the Cardinals want to do. He has the fourth most rushing yards in football this year. Yes, James Conner has the fourth most rushing yards in football at 266. Uh, the Cardinals themselves against Dallas last week racked up 222 rushing yards at over seven yards a carry, 7.4 yards a carry to be exact against the Dallas Cowboys. This year, James Conner averaging 5.2 two yards. Uh, James Conner is not someone to take lightly. He's someone they are going to have to key in on if they want to win this game, and they should win this game by a lot, but if they want a chance to, or if they want to 
limit the Cardinals, stamp it out early, hit them where it hurts, and say, look, you are not going to have a chance to upset us. This is not going to be a trap game for us. You have to limit and stop James Conner. Um, he's someone who's going to fight for extra yards. He's going to make sure that you feel his physicality every single play. George Kittle might say that, you know, we 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 want the physicality. We embrace the physicality when it comes to playing a very aggressive style of football. James Conner is going to meet San Francisco at the middle and say, watch this too. Um, right now, James Conner has rushed for 14 first downs. That's a lot. To give you some perspective, Christian McCaffrey, probably the best running back in football with Nick Chubb not being on the field. And I can argue when Chubb's also healthy, he's still the number one running back in football. Christian McCaffrey has rushed for 15 first downs. James Conner, one behind him at 14. <laughs> like James Conner has been excellent thus far and also shows you the usage is going to be there. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. James Conner has touched the football 33% of the Cardinals' offensive plays. That is one-third of their offensive plays. It's either James Conner or somebody else. Like James Conner is, by all intents and purposes, the Cardinals' offense. Uh, I would expect San Francisco to play a few guys in the box. This would be a Hufanga game where he's playing down. Um, this Niners team has done extremely well limiting big plays. Um, you can take a risk here. Blitz Josh Dobbs, see what he does. Um, again, take a chance. Get a big hit early. Uh, make these guys feel your presence. Make them understand you are playing one of the three final undefeated teams in the NFL. Make them feel this kind of predatory style, this hunting style of defense where if you have the ball... We want that, and we're not going to stop until they get it back. Um, James Conner, again, he's not hes not going to fall down and say, here, have the ball. He's going to fight. But for San Francisco, they're going to have to step up, you know, crowd the box, and make, make James Conner beat them. Um, he's done good so far, but in reality, if you can stop, and they should be able to stop the intermediate passing, it's going to make the Cardinals say, here, James Conner, lead us to victory. And if that box is stacked and the Cardinals can't execute the offense they want to do, well, it makes it harder for James Conner to do his job, meaning, hopefully, a victory when it's all said and done on Sunday. But James Conner is not just a running threat. He isn't just a, you know, ground and pound type of running back, although he can do that kind of thing. James Conner is really one of the biggest threats out of the backfield in football. Chris McCaffrey, the best. Jalen Warren, Austin Eckler, certainly up there too. James Conner, by his usage on a bad team, mind you, that he's going to get the ball in any way, form, or fashion. And one thing to point to is that the Cardinals against the Cowboys said, oh, 
you have Micah Parsons, we are going to run directly at you. Uh, my question would be, are the Cardinals with James Conner going to run directly at Nick Bosa? Um, I wouldn't advise that. Now, I also wouldn't have advised running towards Micah Parsons, but it worked. Again, over seven, nearly seven and a half yards per carry against the Cowboys last week. So the Cardinals know what they're doing. They have the tackles to open up the running game. DJ Humphreys and Paris Johnson Jr. Um, they have played really well so far. And I think the Cardinals, a lot of confidence. They're coming in feeling pretty good about themselves. Um, and they're feeling, we just knocked off one undefeated team. Let's make it two. Like they are, they're coming in with the confidence as high as it's ever going to be this year. And they are going to want to come in and say, look, San Francisco, um, we don't care your 3-0. We don't care what your roster says. And we don't care if you think you're going to beat us. We're going to come in and say, this is our house. This is our game. This is our our night, our day to win. They want to upset San Francisco so much. It's their first divisional game, I believe. And Josh Gannon, or Jonathan Gannon, excuse me, he wants to throw a freaking haymaker and say, wake up. The Cardinals aren't a joke. If they win this game, they'd be 2-2. Two and two. They'd be sitting right there with the Rams, I believe, or close to with the Rams, and fighting against the Seahawks. Like, this game is big for the Cardinals. Now, for San Francisco, I understand you're like, oh, the Cardinals, oh, who cares? Like, oh, this is a win. The Dallas Cowboys thought the exact same thing last week, and they played down to their opponent and lost. Um, now, thankfully... For all the talk of James Conner, how great he is, San Francisco has players like Javon Hargrave and Eric Armstead and Javon Kinlaw and Warner and Greenlaw and Ufunga. Guys who are, and Nick Bosa, Clellan Farrell. Guys who are excellent against the run. San Francisco ranks third in the NFL this year, allowing 59 yards per game at a 3.7 yards per attempt and only two rushing touchdowns on the year. San Francisco, this season, has been the third best team in football against the run. And right now, this may be their biggest test on the ground. The Rams did not want to run the football. The Steelers tried to and certainly failed. But seeing what they've done through three games so far, um, Najee Harris has not been the same guy. Uh, Jalen Warren has been a more pass-catching back for Pittsburgh. For the Giants, didn't have Saquon Barkley. They had Matt Breida and Brightwell. This is the Niners' biggest run uh, uh, run uh, test so far. This is their best running back they faced up to this point, and this is a team that actually wants to establish the run early and continue to do so throughout the entirety of the game. Uh, Cardinals want to play keep away. They want to extend drives, have these long, methodical, drawn out, you know, six, seven minute drives and make you make your offense sit on the field saying we can score against these guys. How can like what's happening? <laughs> um, the Cardinals want to play slow, methodical and just say, here's three yards here. Here's, here's five yards here. Here's six yards here. And just continue to you know march up the field slowly, but surely. They're just trying to put up any points. Touchdown, field goal, all they want to do is keep your offense off the field and put up three, six, or seven points. They just want to get these long drives to shorten the game for the defense, which we'll get to. It's not very good. 
their offense has carried the load for them when it comes to giving them chances to win. James Conner being the biggest part of that in San Francisco. Uh, this is a big test for right now the number three ranked rushing defense in football. Um, going back to the passing game, though, uh, the Cardinals did lose their number one receiving option, that being DeAndre Hopkins. Traded him to the, or released him? Traded him? Anyways, he's gone, now in Tennessee. Their passing options now are Hollywood Brown, who he is their number one receiver, but he is the ultimate burner-style receiver. Again, um, he's not going to, or Josh Doms is not going to want to you know, throw it 50 yards downfield. That's not who he is. But this offense is fast. Hollywood Brown, Michael Wilson, Rondell Moore, even James Conner, who is a more bigger running back, he's pretty quick. Like This offense can score on you very quickly. Again, it's not going to be these big, explosive, you know, large, you know, huge, you know, touchdown throws downfield. It's going to be, here's a seven-yard pass, then boom, quick 20 yards after the catch. The Cardinals want to beat you with their speed. They're not Tyreek Hill, mind you, but... Hollywood Brown is extremely fast. Um, so far, 11 first downs through the air for him. Uh, Michael Wilson, a Stanford product, he is the the boom, if you will, for, or if you want to put it this way, he's a lightning of an offense that already has plenty of lightning on it. <laughs> uh, Michael Wilson, nine targets, seven catches, 23 yards per catch. Again, these guys are quick. Wilson has one of the best releases in this past draft class. Um... You look at San Francisco's defense that, again, has not allowed many big plays thus far. This is a game to do so or allow one of those big plays and force Josh Dobbs to beat you. Even if Josh Dobbs can't do so or is, you know, doesn't want to take a big risk, they have speed like Brown, Wilson, Moore, that they can create something pretty quickly with the speed they have to get around defenders and I hate to say it, guys like Gibson's a little older, a little slower, Hufunga isn't the fastest player. Um, Mooney Ward's a great run defender, but still, you've seen him give up. You know, Puka Nakui ate, ate him alive against the Rams. Now, they, they won that game, but the Niners' defense is going to face... This is not the biggest test, but it might be the biggest test when it comes to speed. Like, I think of... They have, like, five 2-2 Otwells on the offense, and Otwell is killing it for the Rams so far and had a great game against the Niners. This could be a game where speed kills San Francisco's defense. Now, again, they also have guys like Zach Ertz, who's just crafty, but I'm expecting someone like Fred Warner and Greenlaw to remove him from the game, not make him a big factor in what the Cardinals can do offensively. And again, San Francisco has allowed the lowest explosive play rate, 5.2%. Last year was almost 14%, so much improved, a 9% decrease, which is a great thing for Steve Wilkes. Um, so far this year, on passes with 20-plus air yards, San Francisco's opponents are over 8 with two interceptions. They've also allowed 3.6 yards after the catch, which ranks second best in football. The Niners have, on paper, the advantage, as they should, but the Cardinals can surprise. I I know fans are coming into this game feeling good. I don't blame you. <laughs> I feel good. <laughs> like, 
The Niners are going to win this game. They should win this game. But to give the Cardinals credit, when you beat a team like Dallas, who I can sat here and I did sit here and say they're frauds, they're freaking frauds, but the Dallas Cowboys are a good team. Now they've lost their star cornerback and, you know, they certainly catch this. The Cowboys haven't had a receiver catch a touchdown pass. That shocked me. But again, irrelevant for this podcast. <laughs> but but the Cowboys, by all intents and purposes, are a good team. By the end of the year, should be in the playoffs. Might win the NFC East. Like They're going to be somewhere in the dance when it comes to fighting for a divisional ground or a conference playoff win or even if it's a Super Bowl. Like They're, they're going to be in that realm in the playoffs when it's all said and done. But the Cardinals beat that team. Now, is it a fluke? We'll find out. I would like to think the Cardinals are not a fluke. They have a team riding high, full of confidence, that want to punch another elite team in the mouth on Sunday. But I'm sorry, Cardinals fans, if you're listening, watching. One, thank you. I do think San Francisco is going to have a lot of fun when it comes to playing the Cardinals offensive line. Now, again, to give them credit, DJ Humphreys and Paris Johnson, rookie this year, top 10 pick, top 7 pick, I believe, for the Cardinals. Um, they're really good. They played great this year so far for Arizona. They look like, whether it's Johnson playing left tackle in the future or it's how it is currently with Johnson playing right tackle and Humphreys playing left tackle, they are a, a solid pair of tackles in football. Um, my mind does think, okay, Nick Bosa against the rookie tackle. How's that going to go? It might not go in Paris Johnson's favor. But again, they played it really well. Uh, Micah Parsons wasn't a major factor in that game uh, against the Cowboys last week for the Cardinals. So they did a great job there. But again, how do you negate getting pressure? Quick passing game. What do the Cardinals excel at? Quick passing game. But they do have weaknesses in the middle of the offensive line. Starting left guard Elijah Wilkerson has the fourth, or he is the fourth worst graded guard per PFF. And I hope I don't butcher this name, but starting center Hiolti Freholt has the fourth worst pressure rate at 7.6%. Um... Ring, bring, bring, bring. Hello, Javon Hargrave. Hello, Eric Armstead. Hello, Javon Kinlaw. Pick it up. Make a big play this Sunday. Um, if this is a game for Hargrave, I think who has like the second highest or the, the most pressures among defensive tackles to continue that trend of having almost five per game, this is the game to do so. <laughs> this is the game where he can actually eat on a Cardinals team and Maybe get a sack or two. And for guys like Kinlaw and Armstead, who I also believe are top 10 in pressure rate so far or pass rush win rate uh, for defensive linemen or tackles, uh, this is a game you can continue to have that success. And look, there's going to be a lot of pressure to attack the running game for the Cardinals, right? But if you can stop James Conner up the middle and force him outside, you are allowing guys like Fred Warner and Nick Bosa and Greenlaw to set your edges, Drake Jackson, Clellan Farrell. This could be a huge Clellan Farrell game for San Francisco, knowing how much the Cardinals want to use James Conner. This is imperative. Set your edges, 
give guys an elite defender like Nick Bosa, like give them the task of forcing James Conner outside. You have Hargrave, Armstead, Kinlaw eating up the middle, flushing of Conner outside. That's like an automatic win for San Francisco, running them into Warner and Greenlaw and Nick Bosa and Clellan Farrell, who are all strong run defenders. That, to me, is a key to success in this game. So Hargrave, Armstead, Kenlaw, you have to eat up the Cardinals' interior offensive line. And knowing how poorly they've played, uh, it shouldn't be too hard <laughs> for, for San Francisco. But again, their tackles are really good. Uh, Humphreys, Johnson, they are true anchors of the offensive line. And again, it really just hammers the point home. It's truly imperative for the Niners to attack on the interior and flush Connor and even Josh Dobbs for that case on passing downs outside. Uh, and even if the Cardinals want to negate a pass rush with screen passes, dump offs, end arounds, let them. Yes, you are going to have guys with speed and space. The Niners are one of the best tackling teams in football. My money would be on them winning. Now again, give the Cardinals credit. They're, they're a fine team who's played maybe over their heads so far early this year, but you have to give them respect. The Cardinals have speed, a good running back, but San Francisco may have their kryptonite in this game. And look, it's not just about getting sacks. Yes, sacks are great. We all love a good sack, don't we? Wink, wink. Um, <laughs> but the Cardinals have only given up five sacks so far this year through three games. It's not been, again, because of the, the quick passing game and how good James Conner has been and Josh Dobbs with the quick release, getting the ball out quickly. On defense for San Francisco... This shouldn't be a hard game for them. My mind then turns it to the offense of San Francisco. The Cardinals defense got no sacks against Dak Prescott, against the Cowboys last week, excuse me. Um, no sacks, only nine pressures, and Dallas had three backup offensive linemen playing. Um, this is a game where, no offense to Dak Prescott, if Brock Purdy is ascending up the ranks of quarterbacks, He's probably in the Dak Prescott range if you want to put him around, you know, 15 and 12. Some, like myself, say he's playing through three games like a top 10 quarterback. And right now, that could be better than Dak Prescott. My mind doesn't put Purdy and Prescott in the same category because in big moments, Purdy hasn't yet so far um, ha has gotten gun shy. He, his boots aren't shaking. He's not, you know, he's not shaking his hand being unsteady. He looks like a steady, poised quarterback where Dak Prescott, for all the good he does, big moments have not been his friend. And Brock Purdy, on the other hand, has played well in big moments. The Cardinals really didn't get pressure on Dak Prescott. They got nine, yes, which that's a fine number. It's almost 10, <laughs> but no sacks. Brock Purdy, with this offense, with Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk out there, uh, to me, that offense with Kyle Shanahan leading, you know, leading the charge, the play calling, it feels like this could be a game for Brock Purdy to have a little fun offensively. You know, um, I'm not saying slice and dice 400 yards, but this is a game where Brock Purdy may not feel a lot of pressure. And if the Cardinals can only muster nine again with three backup offensive linemen in their way, 
Um, well, Trent Williams having a great year. Aaron Banks having a great year. Brendel having an, another underrated season. Burford is fine. McKivitz has played better recently. It's not as if, you know, teams are killing San Francisco's offensive line. And the Cardinals, unfortunately, well, I guess fortunately for us, unfortunate for them, they do not have the personnel. Can you name one player on the Cardinals' defensive line? Right? <laughs> Nobody. Um, now, they have gone to this Fangio-style defense where they are playing, you know, this 4-3 outside linebacker. You know, with, you know, like here in San Francisco, we had, when we had Harbaugh, it had Alden Smith and Ahmed Brooks, guys who would stand up and, you know, be the outside linebacker edge rushers like Von Miller was in Denver for a long time now in Buffalo. Um, guys like that. But they don't have that true edge rusher being Gannon's first year out there in Arizona. They are a real, they, they've torn the entire thing down, trying to rebuild. They're trying to move assets as we speak still, but their defense so far has given up 22.3 points a game. Now, that's not great. <laughs> when you're giving your opponent 22 points, this is one of the worst, or at least on paper, should be one of the worst defenses in football, but Right now, they've played rather average. Again, I would point to it and say, well, any lead offense against an average defense, my mind, and just everything leans towards elite offense winning the matchup. They'll blink, they'll bend, but sometimes the Cardinals' defense will not break. Now, we have seen the past couple weeks, more importantly, the Commanders game and the Giants game, you play a tough, physical brand of football against the Cardinals, that second half is not pretty for them. If I'm San Francisco, I'm sitting here saying, that second half, if the Cardinals tend to get a lead at a certain point in this game, that this game is never going to be over if the Cardinals are leading at any moment. I don't care if it's 10 points, 14 points, uh, San Francisco is going to have a chance in this game to win. The Cardinals so far this year have been outscored 47-18 to in the second half. 31 of those coming against the Giants. San Francisco has outscored their opponents 36-12. to So, if you're worried about, oh, it could be a trap game. Yes, divisional opponent, they're going to play you tough. They always do. San Francisco, at any point if they are down... And they have a whole second half to go. Honestly, my confidence is so high. You don't want this, obviously. But if San Francisco got down 21 to 3, 21 to nothing, I would still not panic. Yeah, I'd be like, what's going on? This can't happen. We have to stop this. This is an atrocity. But I would still say, yeah, the Cardinals suck. The Cardinals do not have the players... The scheme just yet to stop a team, to hold the team like San Francisco back offensively for four quarters. The Cardinals this year, um, unlike the Giants, do not like to blitz. So they really can't outscore you. They can't hold you back and they aren't aggressive. Now, unlike the Giants again, the Cardinals have the second lowest blitz rate in football. 12.5%. The Giants had the fourth highest blitz rate, uh, but the Cardinals rank 
eighth with an 8.6% sack rate. So, weirdly enough, last week, the Giants would blitz and blitz and blitz and blitz and couldn't get a sack. They had their first sack for the first three games, their first sack of the season against San Francisco last week. The Cardinals rarely ever blitz, but somehow have generated a ton of pressure at 8.6%, putting it inside the top 10. I'm not going to lie to you. I have no idea how they're doing this. There's almost no stunts defensively. It's very much a pick and choose when you want to blitz. Be patient. Um, let the offense sit back and relax. And when you do blitz, you bring everybody. And at that point, you can't block everybody. So someone has to get home. Uh, but if I'm San Francisco, knowing that, if I know this, the Niners probably know this. <laughs> uh, if you know this, um, San Francisco probably knows this. Kyle Shanahan certainly knows this. Been watching tape for about, I don't know, 10 days now with a long week to, to prep for this game. But Arizona, and here's the thing. Arizona doesn't want to blitz. That would be fine if they could tackle. <laughs> the Cardinals cannot tackle. In fact, so far this year, the Cardinals have given up 299 yards, 300 yards, after first contact. So, guy in the box, bumps Christian McCaffrey, first contact, here's free yardage. They're, they're giving chunks and chunks of yards away for free. They've given up three football fields of yardage after contact through three games. They're essentially telling a team like San Francisco, who has Brandon Ayuk and Chris McCaffrey and George Kittle, who I know might not have Debo Samuel or Jawan Jennings, and if they do play, this is an area that helps the cause for San Francisco that says if they are going to attempt to tackle you and not blitz and play these zones and these quarters defenses, they're not physical enough to tackle. They're not going to bring you down after or on first contact. Fight through arm tackles. They're going to give you an extra three, four, five yards in attempt. Again, that ranks third worst. 300 yards for three games is the third most yards given up after first contact. The Cardinals, I get it. You don't want to blitz. You don't have the personnel yet. You have to tackle when San Francisco has players that just, if you aren't going to tackle them, they are going to eat you alive. Like freaking Dawn of the Dead or, or you know, George Romero's, all those zombies. Like, they are going to be zombies on the field eating the Cardinals alive. Like, it's going to be one of those games where... It's almost October 1st. It's almost a spooky mama season. They're going to go out there and they're going to just eat the Cardinals alive if they bring this anti-blitzing, anti-tackling style of defense to Levi Stadium on Sunday. Again, no Debo Samuel, or excuse me, might not have Debo Samuel has a knee and, and a hip injury, or excuse me, knee and rib injury. Get things right, Jesus. Uh, then Juwan Jennings has a shin I would like to think Jawan Jennings does play, and Debo might not. So, no Ayuk last week. Get him back this week. No Debo this week. And you're prepping for the Cowboys game, but again, cannot take the Cardinals lightly. So, 
continuing to how San Francisco can cut through the Cardinals defense again. It's a Fangio style of defense. They're going to play zone the majority of the time. And again, they don't tackle. And guess where else you can beat a Fangio style defense? Oh, let me tell you. The short and intermediate routes. They play soft zone. They'll give you 10 yards here. They'll give you six yards here. And if I had to ask, um, what offense do you think would be the most successful against that? Oh, oh, oh. let me guess. Oh, a Kyle Shanahan-led offense. Oh, you got it right. San Francisco against the Cardinals is a mismatch nightmare for the defense of Arizona. I don't care if they're wearing those stupid Kmart brand, you know, 1994 version of the Niners throwbacks. Like, those things, oh my god. It don't matter what jersey you're gonna wear, Arizona. You're out there flexing, being like, oh man, we got these throwbacks. Where'd you buy them? TJ Maxx. And look, if you shop there, it's no offense. It's just, it's not high-end. San Francisco has some of the best jerseys in football. And that's just the normal ones. Now we're talking 1994 throwbacks with the saloon font and the black blocks behind the white and the, the red and the all whites. Oh, the Cardinals are like, can we do that too? And it's like, oh, I mean, you, you can certainly try. But, oh, those things are ugly. Anyways, back to actual football. <laughs> um, the linebackers for Arizona... They have moved Zavan Collins to outside linebacker and using him very much as a pass rusher. Um, traded Isaiah Simmons to the Giants, their George Kittle stopper, traded them away. And they, they have a good, they have one good linebacker. One, being Kazir White. Um, he's probably the best coverage linebacker the Niners have seen so far. So... If there is a game you can point to and say George Kittle might not have his, you know, seven catches, 90 yards, but let's be honest here. Does it really matter who the linebacker is? Does it really matter? It's San Francisco was going to be able to run the football so well on Sunday. CMC, Mitchell, just play Mason, play TDP as well. They are going to be able to execute the run so well on Sunday that play action should work fine. Like, the Cardinals' defense, again, might say it's average on numbers, but they ain't played an offense like this. They played Washington, the Giants, and the Cowboys. Niners are head and shoulders a better offense than all of those teams. All of those teams. And I respect Dallas. Washington's, what, 2-1 this year? I respect him. But almost every linebacker, defensive lineman on this you know, this Cardinals team, poor run defenders. You can't run. What does it open up? Short and immediate routes. Play action. Who excels there? Brock Purdy does. George Kittle does. Oh, Brandon Ayuk does. This is going to be a game where, yes, you can't take them lightly. You might be able to take them lightly. I'm not saying with effort. I'm just saying on paper, with the numbers, the Cardinals should not 
be on the field with the Niners. I get you beat Dallas. You gave up 31 points to the Giants, who scored 12 against this offense or this defense. I mean, come on, guys. I get there's there's matchups and it's a divisional game. My money is hard on the Niners side to execute this game. Mortal Kombat just came out. We're talking, you know, finish him, flawless victory, fatality. Like, that was awful, but stick with me. Like, the Niners should win this game by a lot. Landslide. Uh, the Cardinals, linebackers can't run defend. Defensive linemen can't run defend. Uh, they're secondary, a little better run defenders, but no Buda Baker out there. And, and Marco Wilson and, you know, Cottrell Clark, they're young defensive backs. Both of them have allowed two. One cornerback on a team, okay, they're a weakness, they're a flaw. You attack that guy nonstop. You know, most defenses can mask one cornerback having a uh, above 100 pass rating allowed so far this year. The Cardinals have two. Dose. One, two. <laughs> two cornerbacks that have allowed a 100-plus passer rating this year. Um, I, yes, you may not have Debo and Jennings, whatever. You can overwhelm these young DBs. You can find easy yards. This could be a game where Purdy is just like, boop, pop, pop, beep, boop, pop, and it's getting like 7 yards here and 10 yards here. And if they're going to give you completions, and they're also not going to tackle you, I mean, come on! This is a game the Niners should win by 20. A game they should win by 30. The Cardinals, you're young. Kyler Murray comes back. We'll see what happens. You get Marvin Harrison Jr. We'll see what happens, folks. We'll see. The Cardinals could be a better team in a year or two. They look fine this year. They look better than we expected this year. But in this game, I'm expecting Earth to... to or they're going to fall back down to Earth in this game. They, Brock Purdy in this game, should have a ton of fun. A ton of fun. But again, going back to the run, the run defense of the Cardinals, because it opens up so much of what San Francisco is going to be able to do offensively in this game. San Francisco has the best running game in football, has the NFL's leading rusher playing a run defense ranked 26th in rushing yards allowed per game, and they gave up 122 to Tony Pollard last week. They've also allowed a running back to score a receiving touchdown in all three games so far this year. Oh, and Christian McCaffrey has at least 100 scrimmage yards and a touchdown in each of the team's first three games. You're on the ball well, you can pass the ball well. This is not a, you know... Josh Dobbs, Derrick Henry in Tennessee last year, and just hope you can eke out a win winning 13 to 10 because your quarterback can't get it done. It's not like the Cardinals, who James Conner has to play his A game for them to win. This is San Francisco, an offense so far this year that has the third highest percentage of drives ending in a score at 54.5%. This is an offense led by Brock Purdy, who has yet to knock on wood, knock on all the wood, 
yet to throw an interception in his last 120 consecutive passes. This is an offense that has outscored its opponents 36 to 12 in the second half. This is an offense getting back its number one target getter in Brandon Ayuk, and even if they're missing Debo Samuel, they still have George Kittle and Chris McCaffrey, who if you try to tackle them, are going to have a field day breaking your defense down. Divisional game, I get you want to give the Cardinals some respect. You want to give them a glimmer of hope. Optimism. They beat the Cowboys last week. I get all of it. Shocked me too. I was sitting there saying, Let's go! Let's go! The Cowboys lost! (laughs) One less team undefeated. This week is not going to be the same story for the Cardinals. And it's not me being a homer. It's not me sitting here saying, well, I host the 49er Access podcast and San Francisco is always going to win. This is me stating the numbers, the facts, and the evidence prove San Francisco is going to win this game. My prediction is 33-16. to 16. I'll give the Cardinals some points. They're a scrappy team. James Conner's a good running back. They have some speed. I expect something to happen but it's like a dam. Eventually it breaks, and the Cardinals are going to eventually break in this game. Whether it's early in the first half or late in the second half, San Francisco is going to find their way and win this game 33-16 in advance to 4-0 on the year, stay undefeated, and 2-0 in the division continuing to climb up the ranks. Remember, the Rams lost in Week 3. Seattle's still being feisty and fighting, but you beat the Cardinals. You're looking pretty good early in the year going against Dallas in Week 5 in prime time and kind of potentially having a game plan of how to defeat them. Ron had Micah Parsons. And if Debo Samuel plays, your odds increase. If Juwan Jennings plays... Your odds increase. San Francisco is going to win this game by a wide margin. Again, I think 17 points, 33 to 16. I want to excuse me. Wow, words. <laughs> words are hard to say after 54 minutes of speaking. I want to thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I want to ask you to leave a like, share, subscribe, leave a review on the podcast if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, Comment down below how you think this game is going to go. Please share this video, whether it's on X or Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, whatever social media you indeed like to use. Tell your friends about the show. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Google, whatever you're listening on, please leave a review. I don't care what you write in the review. It can say gaga goo goo, poo poo pee pee, whatever you want to say. Just give us five stars. It helps the show in the rankings and improves and gets us to have more listeners to increase the community we're trying to build here of Niner fans of faithful that love this team as much as I and you do. I want to ask you a few more things though. Follow us on social media. 49ers underscore access is the Twitter. 49ers dot access is the Instagram close to around 3200 on Twitter up above 17,000 
on Instagram and continuing to grow. You can also use our promo code 49ersaccess, 49ersaccess at SeatGeek.com and save yourself $20 off your first purchase. If you want to go to this game on Sunday or that game against Dallas, use that promo code and save yourself some money. Gas is like $7 now. Any free discount is worth the price if you want to go watch Niners play. You can also use our Fanatics link up above or down below. Buy yourself some merch and support the show in the meantime. With all that being said, enjoy week number four. The Lions just beat the Packers. Things are... We're running away. The season is continuing to progress in San Francisco by week four. By the end of it, should be... 4-0 and undefeated. Hope you enjoy the game. Enjoy another slate a week of football action. 6 a.m. game in London on Sunday on ESPN Plus. It starts bright and early. This game at 1:25 uh, Pacific Standard Time. Enjoy the game. After the game, though, 95-7 the game, or use the Odyssey app and find 95-7 the game myself. And Mark Grandy are going to be hosting Niners post game. If you like the podcast and you want to hear it almost pretty much live, instant reaction, go on 95.7 The Game on your radio or the Odyssey app. Also on YouTube as well. Subscribe there and watch the show and help us react to a Niners hopeful win on Sunday against the Cardinals. That being said, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Thank you for putting up with me for almost an hour-long podcast. Until next time, my name is Sterling Bennett saying this has been the 49er Access Podcast, and stay faithful.